0: Good morning, Christ Central. Happy New Year's Eve. My name is Dina Jabor. I am one of the Women Shepherds here and part of the Chantilly Community Group. Our scripture reading this morning is from Genesis, chapter 50, verses 19 through 26 in the New Living Translation. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim, and he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son, Makir, whom he claimed as his own. "'Soon I will die,' Joseph told his brothers, "'but God will surely come to help you "'and lead you out of this land of Egypt. "'He will bring you back to the land "'he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, "'to Isaac, and to Jacob.' "'Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, "'and he said, "'When God comes to help you and lead you back,' You must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, Christ Central Church. Good morning, Good morning. Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My name is Josh Kim, one of the pastors here at Christ Central Church. We're glad you could join us this morning on this last day of 2023. Uh, if you're new, or even this is your part of your New Year resolution, we're glad you made that resolution. Uh, praise God. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Please share your journey with us as we share ours today. Uh, before we begin, let's pray. Let's pray for the Word of God to be preached, and let's pray for God to dwell here before we delve into this text together. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the Word. We thank you that, Lord, you speak to us, that, Lord, it's merely a man that attempts to speak to your Word, but we know that it's not... Merely man's word that we're preaching, it is God's word. Lord, we know that um, grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. We said faithful goodbye this week to our family's trusted vehicle. Our beloved White Volvo finally gave out. He uh, served our family very well for the past seven years after coming to us as a gently used vehicle. And I tried my best to revive this thing, pouring money into it again and again, until my wife said, it is time to let go. (laughs) As we said goodbye to our car at CarMax, got $900 for it, Uh, we had a chance to reminisce about all the fun memories we had with this car, all the trips that we were able to take, the places it took us. But we also talked about all the difficult times and challenges that this car brought us in the names of the repair bill, the broken AC, the countless nail holes that this car experienced driving around Charlotte, North Carolina, not to mention the computer system that broke that made our bank account cry, even some of the good and the bad, the accidents, the bad, but also how we were kept safe in the car, the good, the fender benders. All those things were wrapped around this car that we said goodbye to this week. Well, when it comes to spending the last day of the year, we experience the same, don't we Not? We look back at this past year full of sometimes good and sometimes painful memories. Some of us are sad about some of the good times that are passing by, that marks yet another year has passed for us. Some of us are excited that finally the year of challenge is over and the trials may be behind us. We're hopeful that we're looking forward to a new year with the new possibilities. Whether you're in the first camp or the second, the new year also marks the new beginning for all of us. And we all tend to look forward to the new year ahead with much anticipation. I've never heard someone say, sad new year. We often say, happy new year, because we're looking forward to newness that is to come. What we read today is a short portion of a larger narrative, the end story of Genesis, Genesis 50 is the end of Joseph's story. Remember Joseph? The guy with the multicolored coat, both beloved by his parents, but also an object of jealousy for his brothers. He experienced all the ups and downs of life sold by his brothers into slavery to Egypt, only to survive yet another hardship at the hand of Potiphar's wife, who tried to seduce him, leading him to jail where he helped the king's baker, and cupbearer only to be forgotten again for many years, but then remembered miraculously and brought to the king's house and became the second highest officer, him leading to be able to rescue his family out of famine, to reunite with his father, but finding out his mother was lost. And we get to chapter 50, we find out that Jacob now, this patriarch, Joseph's father, is now dead. In the period of mourning, That follows, his other brothers begin to wonder, perhaps in fear that now without his father around, that Joseph would have his revenge on their brothers after all. So they tremble and wonder, what is he going to do? After all, he's a very powerful man in Egypt, isn't he? What would he do? And this is what Joseph tells them. You intended to harm me, but God intended for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. In church, we're gonna focus on the verse this week. We're gonna focus on that verse today as we look back at God's faithfulness and as we look forward to God's future faithfulness he promises for us. So two quick points looking back at God's faithfulness and looking forward to God's faithfulness. First thing we see from this text is that looking back, God has been faithful Joseph is forced to look back, and the death of a loved one often does that to us. Many of us have gone to funerals or know what the funerals are like, and as a pastor who have often officiated in the past, I, along with many attendees, do spend time remembering the life of the one who died, but it also leads us to think about and consider the life that you and I live and will live in the future. Well, Joseph is faced with that as he buries his father, but perhaps also a little bit annoyed that their brothers are more concerned about their own well-being than the life of their father who's passed. But regardless of that, Joseph perhaps is thinking back to all that he has experienced in his life, and if you read through Genesis, the story of Joseph, his story is filled with more trauma and hardship than one can parse out in enough counseling sessions alone. Right? The dreams that were vivid as a day for him that got him in trouble with his brothers. Talk about family trauma. The fears, the sadness, the trauma of being betrayed and being sold into slavery. Fleeing temptation, yet it is not yielding the result that you expect. Rather, it gets him into trouble, only to be forgotten yet again, and only to relieve the trauma of facing the brothers that betrayed him. Not only being forgotten, but reuniting with his brothers family, but also finding out the mother that he longs to see has passed before they were able to unite together. You know, one can say Joseph lost much. He suffered much. And perhaps the brothers realize that it is fitting Joseph now. Now the father is gone. He should take out his trauma upon his brothers. After all, they caused so much hardship in his life. But here he is. In chapter 50, verse 20, testifying to them, saying, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. More aptly translated in English Standard Version as, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. The question that we have is, How can Joseph say this? Right? How can Joseph say this to his brothers to say, You meant evil, but God meant it for good? And he said, You God brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Here, Joseph looking back at all the trials of his life, what he sees is God's faithfulness. And what we need to remember is that this is Joseph looking back, looking at all the experiences, all that he had, culminating into this moment where now the faith of Joseph, the confession of Joseph, despite the evil of the brothers, despite the puzzling abandonment he felt, despite the travel, uh, the betrayals, pains, and suffering, what he saw was trail of God's faithfulness of his family, and God's family. This past spring, our family had a chance to visit New York, and I also took a, the tour of Ellis Islands. When I visited Ellis Island, thinking about the immigrants, many of their testimonies rang through the famous halls of Ellis Island. And as an immigrant myself, I often wonder why my family decided to immigrate to a foreign land that wasn't made for them. At times, hostile, definitely filled with challenges, to say the least. I remember my parents often holding my hand, saying, I did this hoping for you, you, hoping for your children. And all of us, besides the Native Americans, indigenous people, are the descendants of immigrants. And we do see the trails of God's faithfulness in the stories, the histories of our family, don't we not? And even some of our ancestors came by force, by enslavement, being kidnapped into forced labor. The question we also have to answer is, so how can we say that that was still good? How could we say that all this was still good? Because at the surely at the moment of suffering and forced enslaved slavery, it is evil. And we could emphasize that with Joseph, can we not? He says it as much. He actually says that. He says what you meant was evil. Him being sold into slavery into Egypt was evil. It was intended to harm him. Church, that's the biblical truth, right? Did you read that again? He declares it was evil what they did. Church, don't let the false teachers tell you that God used slavery so black men and women can experience good. That's absolutely unbiblical, as you and I read it. It's heretical. It is more theologically correct, according to what Joseph declares, God worked, despite the evil of slavery, to bring about his good. So if there's any good as a result of evil, it is not because of evil humanity whether it is God's abounding grace. Amen? Amen. Hear that, church. That's what the Bible teaches us. So here we are, church, we do not fully comprehend how God works in all this. We dare not say we know exactly how God intended, but we do have the benefits of seeing the stories of Joseph and other biblical characters throughout the Scripture. And what we could hold on to as we look back is this. The God who is faithful in Joseph's life is our God today. So if God works through Joseph to bring about his good, what we could have is confidence that as we look back, despite the unknown and the uncertainties, one factor remains the same for us today. Consistent and faithful is not who we are or what we have done or the evil that people have done or the system that has failed But one constant truth is our God is saying yesterday and today and forevermore. So at the center of our faith, our confidence is that God is faithful. God who is faithful to Joseph, and this God is faithful to us. And we could have hope as we look back of the one who has been faithful to us. Brothers and sisters, on this last day of 2023, We are forced to look back, don't we not? Perhaps many of us look back and we see hardships that you endured through this past year. For some of us, it was one of the most difficult years of our lives. Many evil was done in your life. Whether you are younger or older, we all face them. But despite those, this is the hope that we could have. Not that what you endured wasn't hard, Don't let anyone tell you that. It was hard, it was real, but God knows that. And what we see is that despite the evil, despite the challenges, God was still working, God was still in control, and God will still be in control in the future. And that leads us to the next point, don't we not? As we look back, we see God's faithfulness throughout generations, but now we look forward, now that gives us hope, of God's future faithfulness in our lives. The second point real quickly is that we look forward, we also see God's faithfulness. When we get to chapter 50, verse 22, after Joseph tells the brothers, hey guys, don't worry. You meant evil, but God meant it for good. I see that, and God is going to be faithful. And this is what Joseph tells the brothers and sisters in verse 22. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continue to live in Egypt, And Joseph lived to the age of 110. And you're thinking, end of the Genesis story. Joseph, faithful guy. Great. Great job, Joseph. But this is what he says. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim. He lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son, Mekirah, who he claimed as his own. And you're like, oh, great. Perhaps this is where it should end. God gave him children, and in the Old Testament, children meant blessing. So he got blessed as a result of his faithfulness. But Joseph tells them this in verse 24. Soon, I would die, Joseph told his brothers. But God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He'll bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and he said, When God comes to you to help you to lead you back, you must take my bones with you. That's an odd request, isn't it? From coming from a guy who is the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. Question, why would Joseph do this? Here he is. He brought the Israelites here after all. He is the highest commanding officer. They got the choice land. They are prospering. He got to see his kids grow up, even grandkids. I don't know if you like that or not, but I would say that's a pretty successful life. That's a pretty legacy-filled life. I don't know if you saw this commercial. I was talking to someone about this this morning. It's been on every commercial, right? They're like, work a little, save a little, buy a house work a little, save a little, buy a house. And then third generation is like, work a little, save a little, rent a house, get 10 roommates, can't buy a house, change the system. But Joseph could say, rent a, work a little, you know, save a little, buy a house. He could say that for three generations. And you would say, that's great. Perhaps even build some generation wealth at this point. But Joseph, in the most prosperous times, says, this is not our home. Church, did you hear that? Joseph tells the Israelites, this is not our home. For this, we listen to what the Hebrew writer tells us of Joseph's faith in Hebrews 11.22. This is what the Hebrew writer says. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. Church, you see for Joseph, he was in content looking at all the stuff that he had, whether he looked forward to God's faithfulness. If he encouraged the Israelites to stay in Egypt in their current blessings, what he's doing is pointing to wealth, health, prosperity as the main goal of Israel's hope and existence. What Joseph does is remembering back to God's promise of Israelites that the land of Canaan is given to their forefathers. The promised heritage is not Egypt, but Canaan that is to come. You see, Joseph, by faith, points to God's greater blessing that is to come in the future, that God holds something better for them. As a reformer John Calvin writes, wealth, luxuries, and honors Made not the holy man to forget the promise, but nor detained him in Egypt. This was an evidence of no small faith. You see, wealth, luxuries, prosperous honor made this holy man not forget the promise, did not detain him in Egypt, but made him look forward to God's faithful promise. So Joseph tells Israelites, Take my bones! I do not want to be buried here. This is not my home. The home is in Canaan, the promised land that is to come. This hope for the burial in the promised land foreshadows for us the hope of resurrection revealed more clearly later in the New Testament. He longed for the resurrection of his life now in the Holy Land, which is found in Christ, and by his instruction and his death, he points us towards, Israelites points towards the future of God's faithfulness. Church, That's what you and I are called to look forward to in year 2024. We don't look forward to year 2024 because it will be a better year. We had a lot of experiences, have we not? We got many hopes to have. Yes, we have hope to usher in, even as a church, we hope to usher in, if God wills, a new season of Christ Central with a new pastor. If God allows that, right? We want those things. We hope to see our families do better. We want those things, our relationships to get better, our businesses to do well, our schools to go better, all that stuff. We want that and yes to that. We we ought to hope for that. But more than anything, we hope and we look forward to future faithfulness because we realize we long for new heaven and new earth to come. Knowing that we as exiles living in this land, that we are not made to live here only, we're called to live and long for heaven to come. So, whenever look, we look forward, we don't merely end up looking forward to 2024 and bettering of our circumstances or new me in new year. Whenever Christ's followers look forward, we must extend our gaze beyond just 2024. Beyond 2025, it's got to reach eternity. Your perspective is made to look for eternity in your heart so that each day, each year, each moment, because we are in a linear way, God, uh, we're not God where we are able to see beyond, but we are in a linear way towards heaven, we get closer to Christ's return in a new year. Do you know that? All of us, younger or older, we get closer to Christ's return. His kingdom to come, that's who you are meant to be. That's what you long for, the true home, God's kingdom to come, and that's what you were meant to do. But that also means being faithful today, praying and hoping, waiting, sometimes unseen and unknown. Maybe some of us are waiting for our prodigal children to return this past, this upcoming year. Some of us are longing to overcome addictions that entangle us or entangle them. Maybe some of us want to be delivered out of our circumstances all the students here, are perhaps, are just waiting until June to come for the school to be over. And Jesus tells us you could pray for that, right? You could long for that. He listens. He's present in your circumstances. But he also commands us to look above and look your gaze towards heaven. Because in his hands, as Joseph reminds us, even what we perceive to be evil, God is still in control somehow. And his will will be done in year 24 as it was in year 23 and the years in the past. So despite the election that will surely rock our nation, despite the ongoing war in Ukraine and Middle East, despite our own struggles and challenges, church, our hope is that God's work is not done yet. And he promised us that he will return. He is coming back and he's making all things new in his own time, and he will work in your life for God's purpose. So along with Joseph, what we say is we're not made for this world. We're headed towards heaven. We long for heaven to come, and we get to take one step closer in year 2024. Amen? Do you believe that, church? Let's pray for that. For eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to believe. Let's pray. Father, that's our prayer As you come to the Lord's table, as you come to this year, as you look back at your faithfulness, as we look forward to your future faithfulness, as we look heavenward to the way that you will return, Father, we pray despite the challenges we face in the past and despite the challenges that will come, Father, ground us upon the, the cross of Christ, but also lift our gaze up towards heaven. Longing for the heavenly kingdom to come, longing for the greater promise, the new kingdom, new heaven is to come. And Father, make your people long for that in this season as we look back, as we look forward. We thank you, Lord. In Christ, let me pray. Amen.